0: Support for Oyster World Radio comes from you, our listeners. If you would like to support the show, visit the link in the show description or visit patreon.com/slash oysterworldradio. For only $5 a month, you get all of the behind-the-scenes coverage of how these random interviews materialize, plus some unique travel tips. So don't miss out and support the show today. More support means meeting more people that you would normally never meet less travel headaches while on the road and you get to learn the ins and outs of everywhere I go become a patreon at patreon.com forward slash oyster world radio all the links are in the show description and support the show today welcome to oyster
1: world
2: radio
0: Hello, Oysters, and welcome to another episode of Oyster World Radio, the podcast where we broaden our perspectives by listening to the stories of people from all over the globe. I'm Nathan Lieberman, and in this episode we bring on the dynamic duo of Mike and Chris Sepetsawa. Mike and Chris are brothers, and although they didn't get exactly along growing up, they have now teamed up against the world. The more people I talk to, the more stories I hear of people struggling to find their place in the modern world. The new world moves fast, and it's complicated beyond belief. Mike and Chris went through the same struggles as all of us. But remind us that when things are not working, you have to listen to yourself. More on that later. So keep those earbuds in and soak up all the goodness that is this episode. I think you'll like these guys. So coming from Bratislava, Slovakia, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Mike and Chris Sepetsawa. Well, Mike, Chris, welcome to Oyster World Radio. We're really excited to have you on coming from Bratislava. How are you both doing today?
2: We're Doing great. Very great indeed. Thank uh-huh. you for having us.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited to have you both on. We were playing way too many board games when I was there, so we couldn't do this in person. <laughs> so I'm glad that we could go back and have you guys both on the show. And what's, it, what's up in Bratislava? It's been a couple months. Anything new? What, what's happening?
2: Yeah, the new are the temperatures that have risen to the degree that we are sweating all the time. Melting. Everything is melting.
1: Everything is melting. Sounds like
0: over here as well. It's terrible. We're just
1: waiting for the rain. It drops.
2: (laughs) Is it coming? We do
1: have... Should be. Today
2: should be. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Uh, Very, very much eagerly awaiting a storm that would (laughs) drop the temperature.
0: Okay, so for people that don't know, Slovakia is pretty much a midwest climate as well i think we're pretty close to the same we're pretty close to the same point on the earth and the climate and we get it we get it Now the problem is once that rain comes then the humidity comes as well which also sucks so it's really a double-edged
2: sword in summer or yes, you just can't catch yes. a break I agree, but uh, for, for my my part, I would definitely uh, like med- uh, better the humidity than the heat.
0: What? Really?
2: Yes, because 36 degrees, I'm sweating, and I can't move, and 90% de- uh, humidity, it's not very good, but I can still do my chores and then relax. <laughs> I guess relax. that's true. When
0: you're, when you're up to 36, which is in the 90s in Fahrenheit, hella hot, something that yes. we're not used to. Exactly. As with the humidity,
2: pretty much used to it.
0: Yep. So, I, you know, there is a lot of similarities to the Midwest where I'm from in, in Slovakia. In fact, there's a lot of Slovakian immigrants in my area and and the rest of the Midwest. And I think a lot of it has to do with there's a similar climates. So we, we have a little bit of the similar terrain and screenery, but can for people that don't know, you guys are in Bratislava, the capital. What, what's life like
2: in Bratislava? In general, uh, much better than the rest of the country. Uh, Bratislava is uh, wealthier and uh, uh, much closer to, to Austria than than the rest of the country. So, much more wealthier in, in regards of tourism and in regards of uh, the, the town itself also many job opportunities uh, here are of much higher volume uh, so the pay is better so people do migrate towards Bratislava compared to the, with the rest of Europe uh, it's not as good especially um, West, West Europe uh, has higher quality of living than Bratislava does but uh, we are on the way to these qualities as we speak so Bratislava is very comfortable to, to live in already, mm-hmm. and uh, we're catching up.
0: Yeah, and it, it's coming up pretty quick, because Slovakia in itself, n- not not the land, but Slovakia is a pretty young country, because it used to be Czechoslovakia, and before that part...
1: Twice. Uh, twice. <laughs> we used to be Czechoslovakia twice.
0: And then the, in, there was the stint within the USSR, in between yes. that, right? So there's been a lot of changes... In the last century, for Slovakia, and to see it coming up pretty quick, even if it's one city and slowly growing, that, that's pretty good.
2: No, uh, the whole Slovakia is growing. It's just a uh, difference between the rest and Bratislava is very apparent. Mm. If you if you would travel uh, from Bratislava through the country and even through our other uh, and I say this with quotes big cities. Uh, <laughs> You, you would see quite a difference in, in prices in uh, people speaking English. The number would uh, plummet pretty much <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, meters from, the, uh, from Bratislava's borders. And uh, <laughs> everything everything uh, is of lower quality. But yeah, as, as you said, it's because um, we are as a very young uh, country and Bratislava had a lot and lot of money poured into it. So the parts are just needing a bit of more time to catch up. Yeah, which is the usual case for up-and-coming countries. It
0: just takes a little bit of time for everything to distribute and grow
2: together. Exactly.
0: So that, that is a pretty good intro to Slovakia. And now, let's find your place in Slovakia. So you guys are both brothers, year and a half apart. I've grown up in Bratislava and are still in Bratislava, so you know a lot about not only Slovakia, but your original. No, you're shaking your head? <laughs> shaking your head? <laughs> Why is that? Why are you shaking your head, Mike?
1: Well nowadays i know a lot of bratislava because of the culture thing, but in the old days i would say i know a few things because my parents took me somewhere but other than that you went to the castle you went to a few museums and you saw everything so for me bratislava was always boring so i never went inside a city like looking for stuff and there are a few times you went with friends to some uh, events some. Um, mm. Gathering some festivals, but
0: yeah. So it sounds pretty normal when you're growing up, you with your parents, yeah. You know, you do what your parents do. You have your little bubble that you're in. So where, yeah. where were you both in the city? Were you a little bit on the outskirts? Were you were you
2: in the city, or were you in Bratislava growing up? Well, outskirts is pretty good definition. You know the the park Petržalka where we stayed. It was pretty mm-hmm. much on 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 the edge. We are very close to the Austrian and uh, Hungarian border, so we are not only on the outskirts of Bratislava, but we are on the outskirts of Slovakia <laughs> itself.
0: Right, right. That, that that's a good point, and it's all and a the, bus ride away.
1: Yeah, but far. the petrol car was built uh, only to accommodate people to people left. Let them live in, in the places. So we, we called it the the concrete jungle. So in the old days, there were literally nothing to do. You just met people outside and you go inside the cities. So yeah. we were little, so our parents didn't allow us to go just the cities.
0: <laughs> okay, so yeah, you it seems like concrete jungle. You guys are a little bit on the outskirts. How was it growing up with each other? you guys get along?
2: Did you guys... It no no' we, don't, we did not go no. <laughs> we were we were like typical brothers uh, at each throats at all time the little uh, difference in in our ages was more like uh, another reason to to hate each other and uh, <laughs> I would say until like uh, when end, end of end of gymnasium or something like that we were pretty much like biggest arch enemies like nemesis really? you know yeah. yeah
0: i would have never guessed that <laughs> now never guessed that so but what, what got... was it what was it that got e- under each other's skin besides oh, just...
1: I, i'm the little brother my job was to annoy him to the death he was the <laughs> older brother so he thought he could make a row, so i cannot annoy him so you know the, the the conflict like the circle
0: oh yeah and it sounds uh who won was it the little brother or the big brother? I no wouldn't one. say
2: nobody. No one no, it, it no, did. It's it's like a, it's future. like the standard definition of war. There are no winners, are you know? no winners. And and we <laughs> we didn't we didn't we didn't finish the war. We just uh, grew up to a point we we understood that it has no meaning whatsoever to continue fighting each other and we from from like a certain point we got along better and we and,
1: started supporting each other. Yes. yes. Hmm. How did your
2: parents deal with
0: this? What what did they do? Or what was the the punishment pretty
2: for? Pretty good. They were they were uh, excellent at, at parenting two boys that would like uh, trash everything. They would uh, from early age separate us uh, at places that we could not. Uh, we were not allowed to make a lot of noise. They would just uh, separate us. Mom would take one kid, the dad would take the other, and we couldn't do uh, like uh, you know hitting each other and and crying and so on. And then we were well behaved.
0: <laughs> so on your own, you're like, oh wow, this is pretty nice. Yeah, I don't, and, I don't have and, to worry about getting hit
2: all the they time. They would also they would also uh, push on to us values like uh, when there is uh, somebody that is visiting us, a guest, we would have to behave much better. So so we were allowed to be a bit more naughty, rowdy, <laughs> rowdy. I would say, but whenever a guest came over, we had to be on our best behavior. So little by little, you know, uh, baby steps. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, just like that. It was uh, parenting, parenting I is best because they knew there would be always some friction between two guys. Mm-hmm. And there still is. We just uh, managed to deal with it ourselves nowadays. But um, uh, Yeah, uh, siblings
0: always, there's something about siblings. I don't know why, but they just, they. I don't know, they can get under your skin instantly.
2: They know really to how work. to
1: get under your skin.
0: Yes, very They're well said.
1: <laughs> they know you
0: so well that they can pin pinpoint your biggest weakness and utilize it whenever
2: they want. Yep. Too much. Too much time spent together uh, creates opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> And statistically,
0: you know, like... (laughs) There's a ton of opportunity, especially for... I was the little sibling, so Mike, I completely understand the, the duties that are passed on to us as the younger siblings in the household. Is there a story that you guys remember as particularly funny or bad that you guys got in trouble or a prank went too far
2: or... Anything that sticks out in your mind growing up? A funny thing is, uh, when we were on our one of our best behaviors, when we were dancing together, was it you who who broke my lip, or I did break your lip with with um, a wooden what? shoe? What? We were, yeah, <laughs> I don't we were we were dancing to I believe it was um, Rossini's uh, William Tell. Okay, I was very I don't remember. And that. we were just horsing around, you know, like having a great time, like not really fighting with each other, but more like dancing together, and we had like these very hard wooden shoes and we would uh, hold them like weapons, you know, and and one of us uh, broke the other's lips and there was a lot of blood. <laughs> So we were, like, having fun and ended with uh, a bath. <laughs> oh, Mike, you are pointing at
0: Chris, so you, you think Chris I believe laid it was the, a, it laid was the wooden shoe on you.
1: No, I believe it was
2: his lips. Oh, you broke Chris's <laughs> I, lips. I, I can't remember uh, exactly. Maybe because you got hit. I, I remember <laughs> other thing. I remember we have
1: this uh, double bet, you know, we always fight uh, uh, each other. So who's on the top? Because the top is the better. So one time our mama, mother came, she said, we have um, birthdays of uh, each side of the year. So when the, so mm-hmm. my brother is April, I'm October. Mm-hmm. So every time on our birthday, it's like a birthday present, it can be, uh, can be on the top. Mm, but we would switch places. We would switch places, but I remember uh, there was some music, and from the higher bed, I I threw out some paper, and my brother he just got these huge uh, scissors, <laughs> and he starts to cutting the scissors,
2: <laughs> cutting <laughs> and... the paper with the scissors <laughs> <laughs> that Mike threw from the bed. <laughs>
1: and this was all the fun until I
2: uh, didn't
1: pull up the finger, and. I don't know if you can oh, There, you is, so you there got is a, a scar. scar. you showing me the there scar right scar. now. You still have it. There's... <laughs>
0: There's a, so the paper, unfortunately, was yeah, with something good. else.
2: It was the revenge for the shoe, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you
0: thought I was like, oh, this jerk, you think he can hit me with one shoe? Well...
1: <laughs> yeah, and I can still remember it because of the scar that I <laughs>
0: So there's a couple instances where I I like how both of your examples involved a lot of blood and (laughs) (laughs) blunt and sharp objects. It sounds like two
2: brothers growing up. The peculiar thing is we hurt each other when we are uh, having fun, when we are, uh, you know, when we are not actually arguing with each other. (laughs) Yeah. That's the fun part, you know? (laughs) When when we are... When we were, like, arguing or hitting each other, there were n- never, like, blood or anything, like, or even injuries. It was more like more like crying and yelling and, and, and so on.
0: But as soon as you guys have fun, the wooden shoe comes yeah. out.
1: <laughs>
0: blood uh, and gore. And blood and gore and, <laughs> and everything else. Truth and scissors. <laughs> so it seems like there you, you two seem quite competitive as well. And when I was over there staying with you guys, we played games non-stop, which I really enjoyed. But when when did that start, too? Was that a part of your upbringing as well, trying to compete against each other, or was that later?
2: We liked games from from very early age. Games in general, I mean. When we were talking about board games, uh, we did like them, but we never knew the amazing broad spectrum that the, the board games had. So I was actually introduced my work from a colleague into a group of board gamers mm-hmm. and they showed me like a uh, few of them I, I saw a really a lot of them but I've uh, tried few of them and learned that uh, you can actually get lots and lots of uh, amazing board games that you can play with uh, with others and Mike was also was uh, in some way uh, Introduced to well, this. I
1: was in, in the scouts. We had a lot of board games and when we there was a bad weather and we had our session We had to do something so we have our little meeting and we played board games
0: Is there a typical Slovakian board game or even game that you guys would play growing up?
1: Typical Slovakian board game. Yes. No, there was this new one. We saw it was actually made by an American
2: it's in English, uh, There's um, uh, just a board game that uses our map. Yeah, it's of it uses the modern oh. Slovakia map. <laughs> it as, was as in play, playing field. It was, it was a very very fun to see. it's it's based on
1: a, it is based on a Slavic mythology, I believe.
2: It could be. I, I don't remember. I we just didn't get that,
1: it. We, we wanted it, but never got it. So uh,
2: I just know that there's a the Slo- a Slovak map is used as as the, as the board. For, for the game, oh, that must uh, for, have been a uh, proud moment. Like, hell yeah! <laughs> <Yes. laughs> for typical Slovak board game, I would say no. Nowadays, you can find some uh, that were made by Slovaks, but uh, I wouldn't uh, say uh, there's a typical. Uh, one. We, we have like, uh, for, for if you have like Slovaks, the, what did you play for board games that with this? Uh, how is it called the, when you throw the dice and move your? One figure over. Mensch, ärgere dich nicht. It's it's just the the most basic one that you uh get you can play. Then you move move four of your figures into a, like a safe zone and then you won. Gotcha. And okay. and that's like a, uh the one that you that you played because no, nothing else was available for a long time or we didn't know it was. Gotcha. And actually, Mike, Mike you bring up a a good point, uh Speaking
0: different languages, so there's no Slovakian board games growing up, or you now have American board games and other board games from around the world. Was that common growing up? Because, well, when for me growing up and in the U.S., we're terrible at pushing languages as a priority in any way, sense, or form, mainly because we're just lucky that we speak English and then we're such a massive country that we don't encounter a lot of different languages Moving around, how how did the languages and other cultures around you? Because you have Austrian German and Hungarian and a whole bunch of Czech and a whole bunch of other neighbors that speak different languages from you. How did that influence you guys growing up?
2: Or uh, when it? you're when you're a child, you don't actually take very much into consideration like what are your neighbors, even though they're living like. Uh, Few kilometers exactly uh, because
0: they're literally right there Austrian, Hungary, right for for a
2: child. For a child, it's like uh, I don't care, you know, Uh, they're German, they're Hungarian, uh, it's not a big deal. But uh, what is a big deal for a child is that uh, anything that was in television that was Slovak was garbage.
1: It wasn't garbage yeah, yeah, yeah. always. Uh, it was mostly repetitive, like you've seen the three shows and you've seen the second, third, fourth, fifth. Oh, my God, still the same thing. So you try to look something new. The good thing was the checks had a lot of more, so you can watch the checks.
2: But and then, you understand it. Yeah. It's a slow It's oh, pretty close.
1: Yeah, it's close, but also there were like... Not that awesome like they were better but not good enough.
2: I would say for us still our childhood was very uh, near the collapse of, of uh, the Soviet Union so there was not much from the from the Western culture that we desired in our yeah. television and that actually pushed us to learn German because we had a lot of uh, German uh, or stations in German on our television. Which were cool, awesome, new, and ah. Oh. Yeah, and and the shows that we watched, we didn't understand them. I think We just but... watched them because they were awesome.
0: D- did it actually start to click at some points then? Yes, or it did. so yeah,
2: it's yeah.
0: just watching the shows, all of a sudden things started to to make yes. sense. Yes,
1: it does. I wouldn't say starting to make. that you just start to make connections. Like you, you watch the show and you know what's going maybe to happen, and you can figure a few things out. Like if somebody calls somebody, uh, like a minute time, his name. <laughs> this is gonna be probably his name and not the
2: other one. I thought. So mm-hmm. yeah, and then yeah, it's it's a uh, slow process. But as a child, you have a lot a lot of uh, imagination and. Uh, uh, much easier time uh, remembering and learning. So so when you do this in the age that we did, and it's like, uh, what is it? Six, eight. We did actually learn the, the first parts of our German through watching television. That's
0: uh, It's always so interesting to me because I never realized how much of a bubble I grew up in because... It, yeah it just it was English all the time I had access to all these things and then I get to I get to across Europe and around the world and people are learning languages through television and they are exposed to a whole bunch of different new things and I feel like I was like ah oh, man I was kind of isolated I missed out on that part <laughs> because kind now, of, Yeah yeah cuz now you guys obviously know English Slovak German and I don't know how many other languages <laughs> maybe some more depends on how
1: Czech I guess you can talk
0: understand Czech as well.
1: Oh, you and can understand cool. you can understand Polish but But they have to speak slowly.
0: Yeah, I'm like Uh, running out of fingers on my hand
1: to count. uh, That's not the problem. For example, the the German, we we started with the television and we kind of, I wouldn't say continued in the school. There was one very good teacher who helped us to continue. But other than that, when we got to the uh, gymnasium, the exchange uh, student one, you've been forced to talk only
2: German because there was no other man. We were in Austria. Yeah. Exchange students in Austria. Everything was taught in German. So, yeah. You there had to was wake no, up like
1: no other choice. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. So, that's actually a really good segue because you guys sound like you had a really good childhood. Of course, you annoyed the crap out of each other every <laughs> minute of your existence. But as you started to get older and then you started to branch out a little bit, and you had stayed in Bratislava your entire life. And this was the first, correct me if I'm wrong, but this was the first time that you guys had lived anywhere else, it was this exchange program in Austria. Oh,
1: for him, not for me. Not for you. No, okay. I used to live in uh, a little bit in uh, Italy, I used to work there, I used to study and uh, work in Switzerland. I used but, to... but
2: this was after the exchange program, so the oh, so, the, yeah. the, the, the the exchange program yeah. in Austria was definitely for both of us the first time that we lived in another country. Although yeah. it was just a, a 2 hours drive. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so insane! My hometown is two hours away from
0: me. That's a normal route, and you guys are in a completely different country. That's hilarious. Yeah, but uh,
2: that, that's Europe for you. Yeah, that's w- Within an, an hour, you are in another city.
0: Yeah, so this is this is a big moment, too, because you're moving. What, what impact did that move have on you? Was it immediate? Did it take some time to... I don't know, absorb the culture, language. I'm sure it was a big shock, especially if your German wasn't so great. I don't know what level you guys had going in. But what was it like moving like that and just
2: trying to mm-hmm. adapt? Uh, we both went separately. So so I, I was the first one to go. Mm. Mike went like a year or two later. I'm not sure. Ah,
0: okay, so you are on your own at the same time. I was I was
2: very much on my own because when I went, I was the first one to do the exchange program with another three girls that were from another year and another class. Mm. So I was absolutely isolated. For me, it was like uh, this is the time I focus on my studies and I pour every second of my time into studying.
0: Yeah, why did you, and... why did you do that? Was that just uh, because it was really hard to it was oh, and an
2: right. an
1: there was amazing. nothing else to do
2: <laughs> partly <laughs> <That> partly <too. laughs> sure but uh, it was an amazing opportunity for our school uh, that we went to was very small and this little uh, incident <laughs> or this little opportunity uh, put an a more enormous uh, opportunity for us to to, to experience uh, another school another culture another type of education and it was just that. It was uh, completely alien to us. Oh, yeah.
1: For you, not for me. Because uh, yeah. when I went there, there were five other guys from my uh, class. So one problem was that not everybody got to the
2: student home. Uh, in- internet? Uh, no. no. What was it called?
1: Uh, a giant building where all the students live. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, like a dorm.
2: Yeah, a dorm or, or Exactly.
1: So two of us couldn't get inside the dorm because it was full. So we found some privats. Like we went, we lived in the mm. privat. Me and my friend. And the awesome thing was like in the dorms you have the rules. You cannot drink alcohol, even though in Austria you can drink beer if you're 16. You cannot smoke. You can do anything. And like wait, we're in privat. We can do. Everything.
0: We can do. We can do everything we want.
1: So <laughs> almost every. Let's say every other weekend we went home, but other than that, we had parties all day. Oh, my goodness. So you had
0: two completely different experiences. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Okay, it was, so what, it was what are also... the pros and cons of that, too? So you're completely isolated. What Did that force you to go in, learn the language,
2: focus uh, on studies? Well, to, to, to get some things clear, we were quite good at German. Uh, okay. So you came in with a good. Uh, idea. It was one of the like prerequisites to get into this exchange program because you don't want to have it wasted on people that don't know uh, German. Like, sure they could learn it, but uh, it's a very extreme way of teaching somebody German. This is like a refining your skills. When you when you learn language, uh, you have many stages uh, that you can. Uh, achieve. So the first one is like you, you get the grammar and you can put a sentence, but you can't speak. Then you have uh, when you already can speak and, and understand, but it's not very good. And then you get more and deeper and deeper into this uh, into this uh, language. And once you can actually hold a conversation, even though you're very rusty and, and can't, can't do much, it's a good way to to have some conversation with a native speaker. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of native speakers in our school which was awesome. Uh German native speakers I believe and then also some of the English native speakers later. Uh, oh, had, yeah, uh, yeah, a yeah, yeah. few few teachers from that that were actually uh, uh born in English environment so gotcha. so th- these type of things uh, get you a long way like mm-hmm. very very long way. You got the pronunciation much finer. You you can uh, see what the, how they talk, uh, what what phrases they do, you know, like the the real cookbook for the for the language. <laughs> yeah, no, very well said. So so when you go into an exchange program like this, your best way is to already speak the language at least on, on a level that you can s- talk about yourself, talk about things. So,
1: uh, the best thing I would say is to understand. Because if you understand it a little bit, you can always ask. Excuse me, I didn't quite understand. Can you explain it to me? And if mm-hmm. you said uh, some little bit bad, that they have patience, they explain it to. you, Then you learn a lot.
0: hmm Exactly. But, but... Especially through parties. Apparently.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that was also the thing that we yeah, we had parties, and uh, after, after a few times, the other students noticed that we're cool guys. We have parties. We have our private. We don't give a shit about everything so the parties kind of grew we almost every time invited other people I remember one time I invited some friends of my brother so yeah that was awesome yeah that sounds like a good time and yeah when you're at the party you can can talk with your student or your friend from Slovakia which you talk every day so you can some drunk guy from Austria yeah it sounds like a got some time,
0: and this is, this is a this is a cool moment too because it's the I guess it's the branching out from Bratislava in your childhood, which is a confusing time for everybody. You guys both did it in your own unique ways, of course, and but it it started to get into well, I just said it the, that time in your life where you have to start making decisions about what you want to do or what. Society tells you that you have to figure out something that you want to do. You have to go study, and then you have to go to work and start making money. So how did you guys come out of that, your exchange program, having lived in Bratislava, and then go in to tackle that next phase? Did you? It seems like both of you took different paths as that as well. Chris was a lot more smooth. You seemed like you had a direction. And then Mike, you're like me, and just have trying to figure it out on the fly as you go so what was that next phase like coming out of that program and starting to
2: integrate into the real world I think I got lucky because after the exchange program I had no idea what I I'd want to study not work, mm. study I was uh, I had my mindset like I'm good in mathematics and chemistry and physics so some something like that but that's a very very broad spectrum when you want to go to a college so mm-hmm. uh, I got very lucky because uh, I, I was with my teacher on a uh, open-door uh, day in the university I attended later and and I saw the that this would be probably the, the a good choice for me and this was like a month before the closure of the applications for college Mm-hmm. So so I got it uh, there literally on the last day, my, my application, and I got accepted into the college, uh, and oh, everything went smoothly from that. Yeah, but you can see that uh, uh, a lot of people have trouble deciding. I had to. Like uh, if, if you're in a gymnasium, by the uh, time you're 18 or 19, you're out normally. Mm-hmm and by the time you already have to know like this is the way i'm i'm going some people can do it i had a lot of trouble and i have no problem sympathizing with people like you uh, or my brother that like uh, are not heavily set on one way or the other hmm. it's I, I think i got lucky in, at this point of my life because uh, i was like yeah this could be something for me but i was not sure not at hmm. all and it just clicked so yeah It went smoothly for me, but it was mostly luck at this point. Gotcha. What about you, Mike?
1: Well, after the gymnasium, somebody said to me, go to the economic university. It's easy. So I said, (laughs) why not? Yeah, exactly.
0: That sounds so familiar.
1: (laughs) And no, I I started going there and I remember uh, there was only one good teacher at the university I got. All others were like by by this book, it costs almost hundred euros. I don't care. You're gonna use it one time for two pages. You don't uh, need the older one because the older one doesn't have exactly these two pages. Everything uh, else is the same. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there was one problem I remember. The other problem was like I had to get a special book for some kind of tests or problems. I I don't remember. But it wasn't even expensive. The problem was they don't have a copy of it and they only sell it in the university because it was like a small book from I don't know who. And the the our I wouldn't say teacher, the, the girl that she she thought she was a teacher, she said, We have to have the book by the end of the month and the guys who doesn't they cannot go through the class and I was like Whoa. I I was there Every day, every day, this, uh, in the morning in the, not library, but, but when they sell the, these little books. I waited every day in the line. I was almost time the first. And for three months, I couldn't get the book. <laughs> three
0: months, you couldn't get the book, and you tried.
1: Yes. You were yes. actually Every, day, every day, I was like, send it Do you have it now? Maybe tomorrow. Okay. Tomorrow, and so long, and so long. It was like really like, why do I even need it? In the end, it, it wouldn't even matter, but it was... The whole experience was like, we don't care about you. We care about the money. And in the end, you get a diploma who doesn't prove anything. Hmm. So then I quit. My parents parents were very happy about it. it was like, oh, they were so
0: happy about it? Yes. There was um. like
1: uh, hours and talking about my future and stuff. So after that, I went a little bit lazy. So my mom got me a job. I went to a home for old people, but with uh, some kind of uh, mental disabilities. Yeah, disabilities. Mm -hmm. So there were lots of Alzheimer's patients. I worked there for free, and it was one of the best jobs I ever had. Yeah. (laughs) Really? Why would you say that? Well, the first thing I never accepted, I, I was like, I have to do it for free because Mm -hmm. I cannot just sit at home and my mother was right, it was was stupid. And I wasn't there like for a year, it was like, I would say five months or so. Mm -hmm. But I met a lot of people and they talked to me different ways, I was like uh, from the college and I was like, they really think about my future. And after that I saw, we, we were talking with my parents and there were like two options. One was the gastronomy options and other was uh, something like Navy, but not exactly Navy, but uh, school for captains and something like Uh, that. Yeah. Uh, But that was a little bit expensive and further away. So we went for the gastronomy. That could be fine because I had some experience in gastronomy or uh, better to say animation. I literally like the stool. I even started to study. Like, no, I'm not going for a party. I'm going to study. Yes. (laughs) And I aced it. In the end, I aced it. but And it also gave me an opportunity to study abroad. Mm -hmm. And also work abroad. So that was awesome.
0: Yeah. And it seems like now, I mean, things have started to come together. There's a huge gray area that we all have to swim through. And <laughs> you, now you guys are living back together, not fighting nearly as much. And th- I guess as a, just to sort of wrap up the show, it you guys have faced something that many of us, including myself and many people listening right now, have to face. And it's this, I don't know what the hell to do, figure out. Sometimes you get lucky. Sometimes you find what you want and it goes smoothly. Sometimes you have to search for it a little more. But if you look back on your lives and think about the processes, things and actions, decisions that you made, what what advice would you give maybe to your former self and to everyone else that's going through that time right now to help that transition and help them find whatever they're searching for, whether that be the next step or something to do or the next thing in life?
2: Well, I would say never give up. Yeah, definitely. very very easy to understand. Uh, for example, our situation as two brothers very different. Uh, if you would uh, compare us, I had like really smooth transition from from my gymnasium to my college to my work and so on. But uh, it was not easy. I put a lot of work into myself, uh, but uh, the decisions I made were very lucky, and that is not. Uh, that uh, everybody will have during their journeys. So just like Mike, you sometimes uh, hit uh, some some rough bad patches. Mm-hmm.
1: I had a few bad places. I, I worked in a few hotels, one in Austria, one in uh, Slovakia, and I realized I, I I don't have to work for them. I, I just have to try somewhere else because the work was hard and bad and everybody was yelling even if, there was no issue, so and just, just have let them go. It's about me, not about them. And try something else, find something else, and try again.
0: Yeah, that, that's a really good point and something really hard to do in the moment, too. How do you know when your situation isn't working out and bad, and it's time to take that next step? You don't know. I mean... You don't?
1: If, yeah... For example, uh, the hotels, let's go about the, the, the Austrian one. I went there at the start of a season, and we were like six or five new waiters there. And each uh, week, one or two disappeared. Not just said goodbye, they disappeared. They just didn't even say goodbye.
2: Hmm.
1: And I was the last one standing there. I, know, I was like... This is bad and they put the whole pressure of five people on me. So I was like, no, this is not going to happen, but I'm not going to disappear because I have some kind of, I would say honor. and in our agreement, there is like you have, I have to say eight the days earlier that I'm going away. So this is the eighth day. So in
2: eight days I'm gone. Mm-hmm. I stayed 12. <sighs> it's time you to have- go. You have always to ask yourself, like, uh, if if the current situation is uh, for you like bearable, mm-hmm. because if it's not, then there is no point of uh, any other questions. Mm-hmm. You you exactly. have to you have to do something, even though it, it it takes time. You have to like strive for for a better future for yourself. And then if if it's bearable, if if you can't do anything better or, or some something that you would. Enjoy, you know, like n- not necessarily go for the money. Maybe go for more like uh, work you you enjoy, and then in long time you can get promotions there and and be much happier and much better off than you as if you would like working yourself to the bone. Yeah, very, in in a place well you said. don't enjoy.
0: Yeah, and it seems. Also, that you both had instinctual moments in different ways. So, especially Chris, you deciding to get into that program right away, and then your future decisions along the way, and then Mike trying to get out of different situations. So, what, what is your take on instincts in those situations, and do you remember anything that you felt during those times that pushed you, that final push to bring you to action?
1: well in in my case i I noticed I went a little bit crazy every every day I was like I was like going mental and i i, I noticed that i have to I have to go away from this place and I'm not the person that person just just disappeared like I told you before. Mm-hmm. so I packed all my things So the day i uh, said I'm going away i I just set my eight shirts, eight times underwear. For each day, I had special uh, selected chocolate to motivate me through the day. Mm-hmm. And in the end, I didn't even uh, clean the things. I just put them in the bag. So each day, I counted the days. I counted the hours. It was bad. It was really, really bad. And in, on the last day, I was so happy that I got in my car and I went home that I didn't even care if I get speeding ticket or something. I was like, freedom. <laughs> and it was night, it was raining, I didn't care. <laughs> so This
0: is what freedom tastes like. What about you, Chris?
2: I don't think there's any instinct in me that would be like uh, pushing me. Like this is a bad choice. Maybe you can get it with with uh, with age or with uh, more experience in these areas, but for me it was more like uh, desperation at at these points. it was like, okay, this has no meaning for me. This is not the way to go. Uh, so yeah, for for me it's uh, I can I can see the situation. Maybe it's uh, somebody somebody would say it's already too late, <laughs> but <laughs> but you can always. Uh, Change your life at, at these points. Uh, make some decisions that will alter the mm. the way that you're going. So, so it was not too late for me. So mm. I still still like, got my wits uh, together and 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 took another turn, tried something else. And as I said, I was quite lucky in my uh, decision. So. Maybe I didn't develop this instinct.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know. Some people could argue that that's an instinct in itself, being able to listen to desperation in in your life and being able to react. I would to say I would
2: say it's uh, more like a natural thing to do. If you don't listen to to your desperation, to your cry, to your own cries, uh, that's more like uh, you know self harming or self loathing. Yeah.
0: In some cases where both of you have worked, yeah, if you stayed there, there probably is a little bit of self-loathing there, because, Mike, that sounds awful. I don't want to. I don't want to do any of that. That's, <laughs> none of that sounds fun. Well, thanks guys for coming on. I think that's a perfect way to end. And for everyone listening out there, you do. You have to listen to yourself on some level and make your decisions accordingly for your own future, because you guys are in control, as you two have just proved. So, Chris, Mike. Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for coming on Oyster World Radio. And Thank you we for hope, having of us. Of course. And we hope to talk to you again soon. Yeah, definitely. Thank you all for listening. This has been another episode of Oyster World Radio. And thanks again, Mike and Chris Sepitzauer, for coming on the show. I'm now addicted to board games because of you, so you better bring your A game next time we meet. Up to date on everything that happened on the big sabbatical on Instagram at Nathan.wanders and the blog of my partner in crime, Jackie gishbucker at GishOutofwater.com. Check out the links in the show description for more information. Special thanks to Charlie Milliken for all of the oyster jam. Check him out on Spotify or at CharlieMilliken.com. That's M-I-L-L-I-K-I-N. Don't forget to support the show on Patreon, P A T R E O N at patreon.com forward slash oyster world radio. For only five dollars a month, you get all of the behind the scenes plus some unique travel tips, so don't miss out on upping your game as an expert traveler. Once again, all the links can be found in the show description. Thanks again for tuning into Oyster World Radio. We'll be back in two weeks. But until then, this is Nathan Lieberman signing off.
2: I can't take control
0: of my life if I'm too busy looking at the stars and thinking about all time that's gone by. It's time for a change in my day-to-day scene. Time to turn around from that clock, face in the mirror, and change me. Whoa.